Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast. This month our Malifaux podcast breaks with convention to look at Weird's new Kickstarter for The Other Side. Welcome back. I hope you're well this festive season. I'm Brian Ennis. And I'm Joe Lewin. And we're going to take a break from our scheduled Malifaux podcast for the month and instead look at Weird's new Kickstarter for The Other Side. So, what is The Other Side? Other Side is the third single from the Red Hot Chili Peppers 1999 quadruple platinum selling album Californication. A departure from the funk rock of old, Other Side showcases the band's softer side with a heartfelt ode to deceased guitarist Hillel Slovak and the drug addiction that took his life in 1988. I wish I could take a photo of your face right I now. I fucking hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to mention Adele and that was going to be bad enough. Okay, so... Um, this month, Weird, the makers of Malifaux, the game that we love and talk about roughly every month. Roughly. Um, we can't have... talk about it gently, Brian. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went off and said something terrible then. Um, no. Let's, let's try to maintain some dignity. Um, Weird have a new Kickstarter for the other side. They are taking the step from Skirmish Game into releasing a full-on... War game? Would we consider this a war game? Yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, going from it's not a big enough scale. Yeah, going from nine to twelve models aside to forty-five, fifty models aside. Yeah, um, it seems to me, having looked at the the background for the other side, that the setting is taking a step into their historical equivalent of World War One. Following on from the events of Malifaux, war has broken out. Well, yeah. Um... From what I was reading, that because of the Soulstone trade and everything else, everyone yeah. wants them. And I think what was I think they were on the brink of war. Yeah. When all hell broke loose. Yeah, the governor died. Yes, um, is what it what it says in the uh, in the video. And so the fighting that has so far been contained to Malifaux has spread out to the other side, which, in a perverse twist of uh, vernacular logic, is actually this our side. side. Yeah. Yes. So it should be called this side, shouldn't it? No, it's some rubbish. It also wouldn't be a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. It should have been called this side. <laughs> what about Adele? Hello from this side. <laughs> no. You can't know people stood there going, yeah, I'm in the fucking yeah. room, love. Yeah. <laughs> Sharp. Hello, we're all over it. Everything is fine. <laughs> She's a miserable old cow, isn't she? That's probably... <laughs> shouldn't say that. Daniel listened to an entire song of that. There's a really good metal cover of that song. Yeah, I think you I tried like. to play that at me Yeah, once. I like it. Maybe it's we'll good. put it on the end of the podcast. Yeah, and then get taken down from YouTube. <laughs> so, um, we thought we would uh, trawl our way through the Kickstarter, all of the information that has been made available... And we would tell you a little bit about the game and whether or not we're considering backing it. Um, as big fans of Weird and big fans of Malifaux, it might seem obvious that we would. Am I projecting? Yeah, yeah I, I would say so. I mean, we have a history of war games. We do. Uh, probably more so than skirmish games, actually. Um, Both being big into Games Workshop when we were younger. Uh, from Games Workshop uh, into the Warmer, Warmer Hordes. Yeah, the Privateer Press. I've got a load of Acton Cthulhu stuff I bought at Dragon Meat. Yes, yeah. The skirmish game yeah, for that. Um, 
But yeah, I, th- I think we're we are more war gamers than skirmish gamers. I, I would, or at least we were. Yeah. Historically. So it will be interesting as the episode unfolds to find out whether or not we're still war gamers. Yes. Yes. It, um, there are different things that people look for from a game. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's a shame that Aaron isn't here because otherwise we'd have one person from each of the different areas. Uh, I feel, but he's upside down in a bin at the moment and can't join us. Um, the the three the three main things I think, and again you may, you may correct me, Joe. You may you may disagree, um, but the main sort of ingredients I think of a of a sort of a miniatures game are is the setting and the background. So the world that it takes place in, the justification for having these fights, the the fluff. The fluff, yes, yeah. Uh, The models themselves, the actual physical things. Yeah. uh, Which I would say was my area of interest Um, more so than everyone else in the podcast. Yeah, the the hobby side of it. The hobby side of it, the building, the painting, uh, the collecting of the miniatures themselves, and the game system. Yeah. So the, the way the game holds together, the way it's it's put together, which I would say is your thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, there there are games that have settings and miniatures that I think are lovely, but I wouldn't ever play. Um, but it's not entirely the one thing I look for. Yeah. Um, I do love I I love a bit of background. I've I've read um, up to the current book every. Pretty much everything. I think more than any of the rest of you have for the background. For yeah. Because I've read a lot of the first Ed stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and for example, Infinity looks like a fantastic system. But it, it looks dull as shit model and background wise. Yeah. So I have no interest in playing it. Yeah. So there has to be an element of everything in there. And I would say that's probably true of everybody. Yeah, I think maybe we, we tend towards, if we consider it like a triangle. Yeah, we've got the, the dominant point we, end, we aim for. Um, but, but the other two bits are considerations. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, I'm, I, it's been an interesting to have Aaron here because I think he's very much into sort of the, the history of the background, yeah. those kinds of things. Um, but we'll uh, we'll attempt to muddle through without him. Well, like I said I've read more than him anyway. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, not, not even needed. Uh, he's uh, he's a superfluous twit. So the background, then the setting. Yeah. We've pretty much explained the basics of it, haven't we? It's the same world as Malifaux. For those of you that are, have stumbled upon this podcast and are maybe slightly confused, uh, Malifaux is set in an alternate reality yep. where magic existed, then it went away, and then there was a big hole that appeared that took you to a fa- fancy city where you could dig magic up out of the ground. Um I always imagined it was more of it took you to somewhere they set up a shanty town rather than a fancy city. Yes, um, it's a fan- it's a shanty town within a fancy city because the city of Malifaux is enormous and was already yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's true. I don't think it's particularly fancy, but it has big uh, maybe. yes enormous has architecture it of may all have been styles fan- maybe once. Um, yeah, so that that I mean that is the the setting for Malifaux. Um, so the other side has taken that that little bit further, and they've come here. Yes. Now, I was sat there reading the, doing a bit of research early and reading up a bit more about the background because it isn't something I've looked at a lot. And to be honest, I came away with more questions than I did answers. Is that good? Has it piqued your curiosity and your interest? Well, so these questions are vital ones you want answering, or is it? I don't know what the bloody hell is going it's on. It's kind of one big question that I've got. Okay. So. We've been stealing all the soul stones and stuff, and I'm gonna guess that 
the the natives of Malifaux don't like it. Yes, the gibbering yeah. hordes. They are ours, so they've come here to yeah. reclaim it, to attack us, to punish us. Now, the gibbering hordes are there's, there's loads of them, as the name implies. Yeah, and you know these things have titans and massive creatures and all this kind of stuff. Why are none of those in Malifaux? At the breach, going, fuck off, it's ours. Get off my land. Jibber, jibber, jibber. So, going into the background a little bit, the um, the gibbering hordes um, were forced out of Malifaux by the coming of the the new powers that are known as the Neverborn. They are the right. old ones. So they're even more ancient than, uh, say, Lilith and her companions that are running the the Neverborn side. They were forced out of Malifaux mm-hmm. and have now sort of sque- been squeezed completely out and into this this uh, this reality. Hence, why uh, they don't um, they don't necessarily exist yet. There'll probably be some crossover, yeah. uh, but they don't necessarily exist yet in in Malifaux it's, uh, they, itself. So they've decided to they can't have Malifaux. They're going to come over here. They kind of do because um, I'd say mm. there's a very very big cross between them and like the Silurids of Malifaux. Yeah, they look fairly um, fairly similar. But, possibly. But okay, so the Neverborn are more powerful than the Gibbering Hordes, and so have kicked them out. What? But but the Gibbering Hordes have these massive titans that the Neverborn don't. And if the Neverborn can kill them and pose a threat to them I, it just seemed a bit strange that there's this this faction of massive things that are challenging the best of mankind and the other folk Yeah, that isn't fighting where the fighting should be yeah to me Possibly. it just, just seemed like a bit a bit strange um yeah i mean they they've got very much a lovecraftian feel they were pushed back into the sea Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you look at the Titan for uh, the Gibbering Hordes, it looks like a big Cthulhu thing without the wings. It's got the octopusy it tentacle face kind of going looks a on. A bit like it should be on one of the giant fish things on Stingray. Yes. Yeah. Stingray. Stingray. Yes. Cool. Just in case people didn't know what that was, that has now answered all of your questions. <laughs> well done. Seventies um, TV show. Sixties TV show. Don't know. Olden times TV yes, show. Yes, it was still on when I was a child because mm. I quite enjoyed Stingray. From the days when we had hope. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's the Gibbering Hordes. Yep. Who are the sort of the monster faction. Yes. Who on first glance looked a bit tyrannidy to me, uh, going for um, Warhammer 40,000. I um, see, I, that's not the impression I got. I, um, only in the, in the way they're purely biological. Uh, yeah. To me, it just looked like an army of fish people. I don't like the Silurids, and I don't like that look. Yeah, it's not an aesthetic that's appealing to me, um, particularly. Yeah, the um, just just looking at the Karkinoi, because um, I think the striped skulkers. I'm just having a look through the the thing here. Yeah. Um, do look very very much like the Silurids, the fish yes. people with the leaping claws. Yeah, definitely. The Karkinoi look like sort of big worm creatures with tyranid claws on them have you seen those ones oh yeah yeah they look yeah. they look a little bit of yeah 
Um, yeah, they're the ones that do look a bit tyrannity, but only in the fact that they're insectoid. Yeah. Um, and again, There's only so much you can do with it, isn't there? Tyranids or Tyranids, depending on how you want to say it, are very much like that. I'll say it correctly. I don't know if I'm correct or not. No. So, we've got those. We've got the British Empire, or the King's Army. We do. Uh, which is essentially that kind of that Victorian riflemen, the the colonial forces of that particular era. Yeah, uh, they've still got a little bit of the Wild West kind of gunslingery theme going on on some of the models. Uh, infiltrators, the infiltrators, the, yeah, the wide brimmed hats. Um, but yeah, they are very much your standard humans um, in the way that. That, like to me, they feel a bit like Signar from War Machine. Okay. Just because they're kind of standard and they've got guns, I think. Yeah. But it's, men with guns. And they're blue. And they're blue. Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously, I don't like them. No, I can't <laughs> can't like the blue ones. No. no. Too much like ultramarines. Exactly, and ultramarines are bland and boring. Yes. They are the porridge of space marines. <laughs> uh, we've then got the green ones. The green ones, the, the green... Abyssinia yes. troops, and they are—they are the weirdest-looking ones, actually. Um, I mean, background-wise, they are from Africa, and they yep. utilise lots and lots of soulstone technology. So they have uh, the much more of the robotic things. That's yeah. the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, they've—they've got quite a mechanised feel in a, in a lot of a lot of their stuff. But it's also kind of um, almost tribal looking in a way as well on some of it. Like with the spikes and guys with spears and that kind of loincloths and the, and the like. Yeah, so they're kind of a mixture of high and low technology. Yeah. Um, like, and then there's, the, there's a unit of... Um, they're meant to be sort of the the elite Ooh. army, are they? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, less models, better equipped. Okay. Because like the the Michal Safari look like a unit of Eldar Dire Avengers to me because they've all got that kind of pointy helmet, um, kind of um, oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, similar. Thin, thin, uh, elegant swords. Suppose you could you they're yeah, probably more based on like knights than they are that but uh, they're, they're the one faction that I think potentially has the most potential yeah to maybe be a little bit different a little bit strange yeah but at the moment they just look a bit ununified yes <laughs> just like Africa <laughs> um, maybe that's deliberate possibly um, yeah it's it's interesting to I think they've they've kind of reversed that colonial dynamic from to olden days when these things were a real concern, um, where that the technologically superior Western civilizations went and beat seven shades of shit out of uh, people who didn't really have much going on for them and were very sort of disparate and bigger in numbers mm-hmm. but technologically outclassed they've kind of reversed that so it's the Abyssinians that have um, the elite troops yeah and then 
Would the Empire would have more bulk, and then the the gibbering hordes would have even more. Um, the the one that the, the the faction that appeals to me the most, just based on sort of like the background and maybe the look as well. If the red know. ones, it's the other ones. <laughs> um, the cult of the burning man, uh, which is about a load of people who get really really excited about a hippie festival in America. You're uh... reaching beyond your. Scope so of reference. Research is letting you down. Uh, they appear to be... Um, the the instant opinion I got from them yeah. is they are the kind of people that might be hanging out with Jacob Lynch. You've got yeah, these... Yeah, possibly. Um, warped that are fantastic from a model point of view. Very, very cool looking. Yeah. Twisted, possessed type things. Um, stalking portals, which just look like... Weirdly, like some kind of gibbering mass. Um, Is that weirdly with a Y? Obviously. <laughs> um, and they have the only commander that I think looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Because you've got a bloke with a gun, um, giant black man with spears, the Storm Siren. Oh, I quite like that model. I thought it was all right. The, uh, the Storm Siren. No, I'm not keen. Again, I don't like the aquatic. Yeah. Element. Uh, whereas the big evil cleric looks kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, they they do look most a bit, uh, most interesting to me, sort of in the terms of the the background. A, a insane followers of the enigmatic burning man. Um, weird aberrations that they've sort of summoned that remind me a little bit of some of like the the madness creatures from. Malifaux itself, yes. the original game, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love that kind of stuff in there. Yeah. I like trying to very gently stab you to death with your own failings with Pandora, <laughs> um, even if I'm not particularly good at it. Um, and yeah, I like stuff that uses like lots of magic and stuff. So they they kind of appeal. What do you think? We're British, probably. Are you British? Yeah. Yeah. Just about. We can't be European anymore, can we? Well, no, no. <laughs> and I do not love you. Um, oh, I, oh, I saw a queue the other day. Was it for cake? It was. A, uh, it was actually. It was a queue for um, to pay parking at our local shopping centre yesterday, and uh, it wasn't an orderly queue. And I got really annoyed because I thought that the people who joined after me, they then come and stood next to me, and there were two two things to pay f- for your parking ticket. Yeah, but I was stood in the middle behind both because they were next to each other so you know yeah. one queue go to whichever one's there yeah. and they kind of stood next to me as if I was only queuing for one of them and the one on their side came free first and Bastard. I glared at them and they kind of froze in their tracks and I I glided it over and uh, paid well done yeah I thought it was going to be a fight <laughs> yes it's the, the best victory I've had all, all year really um, against the forces of chaos and disorder all right, you'll beat me at Malifaux at some point. One day, one glorious one day. day. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I like the madness. I like the weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but being British, London is kind of the default setting in a way. Does that appeal? Does that change it for you in any way? You've got the British Empire. You've got the gibbering hordes coming out the Thames, and you have the cult starting in London itself. It's it's a nice change. Um, because everything is set in America. Yeah. So uh, you get lots of references to things and that, that aren't like a, a social norm for us over here. Yeah. But 
I mean, with with this, it's it's set in London, but it's set set in a olden days, different dimension, London. Yeah. So I don't think I I don't think it would put me off any at all if it was set somewhere else in the yeah. same time. Um, but I think if for the time period they're looking at, we probably have the richest history. Yeah, of stuff going on at that time. Yeah, um, lots so, of murder and killing and questionable colonial practices. Yeah, so I think it's um, I think it works well with that um, because where else would you set it? It's a good point. Yeah, especially as they still haven't told us where Malifaux is mm. or where the breach to get to Malifaux is. Although I'm starting to think it's somewhere in Africa. Uh, when we played through the breach, yes, we had to decide where Malifaux was. Yeah, does it not state it in the campaign? No. Hmm. I always got the impression it was in Britain. Yeah, but it's a big hole and it destroyed loads of stuff where it appeared. Yeah. Um, I always just assumed it was in Britain. The more I've come to know about the the back and the more I doubt that. Mm. Um, it's made me think that maybe it's somewhere in, in America. I put it in America. I put it on the near Los Angeles if, any, if, if we're talking bollocks and, and people actually know exactly where the breach is let us know but as far as I'm concerned as far as I know sorry don't know where it is and that's a deliberate thing I lo- if that is a deliberate thing I like it yeah if it's us being idiots then then, mm. then sorry apologies for wasting two <laughs> minutes of your life um, yeah so that's kind of the, the setting I mean it's kind of Malifaux isn't it yeah it's if you like Malifaux, there's no reason for you to dislike it. You've got the machines yep. of maybe sort of the arcanists, sort of the, the constructs and such like in Abyssinia. Yes, you do. You've yeah. got an analog maybe to the Neverborn, both in the the sort of the monsters of the Gibbering Horde and the madness of the Cult of the Burning Man, and then yep. you've got your guild equivalent. They look like to me the organised, plucky. Uh, humans fighting against great odds in the um, British Empire. Yeah. Uh, now, interestingly enough, it does state that there are currently four factions. Yes. So there's a chance that you might find the Ten Thunders manage to get an army together. Um, you might even find the Arcanists. Slave slave armies? Like freed slaves and Possibly. such like? But, you know, obviously there are force in Malifaux. Could they could they build up enough strength to come back this side? Yeah. So it'd be interesting Who to knows? see what they do because I think one of the things that's interesting is Malifaux does have that rich background and you, you as you said, you've read yeah. a lot more of it than, than me, um, mostly because I haven't been bothered to go back to the beginning and I hate joining a story halfway through. Yeah. So I'll read bits about characters that appeal to me to get background on them, but I won't dive in and read everything. But presumably the two are now going to be running in parallel? I the would, stories might overlap. I would assume that you will get the odd, um, odd thing in in a book where something big happens. Again, the governor has died, and it's caused this massive thing, which has led to the other side happening. Yeah. Um, I reckon you'll get things. Would you know? What I'd love to see actually. Um, I would really like them to start almost linking campaign events. Hmm. So if you do what I wish, will assume, they'll do another side book, then do a Malifaux book, then do another side book, then do a Malifaux book. Yeah. But if you run a campaign, the other side, where something big happens, and if if this occurs or this occurs, it will affect what happens in the Malifaux side of things, because it should. 
Um, that would be amazing. I'm not sure how much Malifaux side of things would affect it the other way. Yeah. I guess it would depend on how many soul stones the guild could get to transfer back through. Yeah, so anything that disrupts that would yeah. then cause problems elsewhere. Um, but it would be an interesting an interesting dynamic. I think fluff-wise, definitely things will happen. Yeah. There'll be reports that will come through that will put certain things into motion. Yeah, maybe having a linked campaign between the two. In the style of the the campaign we've just had, maybe mm. you know world-spanning campaigns, which we've talked about as being sort of fans of. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we started this uh, mostly as a chronicle of our Malifaux campaign. We did. kind of evolved and adapted uh, from there. Uh, so it'd be interesting to get involved in that if it if it does happen. Um, looking at the models then. Yes. So we've gone from background, through background. Well, we've, we've spoken a bit about the models already. Yeah, we've kind of mentioned sort of how they look. I think the key difference and the key thing that... The biggest point of discussion that I've seen online... Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've talked about this as well. Is that the models are PVC? Yep. And the models are pre-assembled. Yes. So they are not the same as the Malifaux models you'll get on sprues, where you cut and assemble yourself. They will come assembled in their box, pretty much ready to go straight out of the box. Now. PVC is a tricky material because PVC can go from stuff you'd make trousers out of to stuff you'd make floors out of mm-hmm. um, with varying degrees of hardness in your trousers. Uh, <laughs> I'm a child. Um, and you... They look to be the hard sort. If they were soft, because a lot of... When you buy a board game, you'll get maybe soft models. Like, yes. Um, Pretty much most board games to save money. Anything like that, yeah. Yeah, ha- uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill uh, has very squishy models that you can ping into the eyes of your opponents yes. when they are, are distracted. These look to be tough because you couldn't paint them if they were soft particularly well because they bend and then the paint flakes. is broken yeah. and flakes. Yeah. It's very difficult to, um, to paint. Um, and they, uh, they're actually, I think they're aware, weird are aware that this is a strange move for them because one of the updates that they put fairly quickly was to discuss the type of PVC. Yes, definitely. Uh, and to assure that they, uh, it's not cheap. Well, I believe they have already released models made of this stuff that are pre-assembled. Yes, and I think... You've got one of them. I've got one, and I went to reach for it, but I've, it's not there. Okay. It's elsewhere. Uh, Aeonus um, yep. is made of this stuff, as are the Turtle and Hair. Turtles and the Hair set, yes. That's the one, yeah. Um, and I don't know. Aeonus was perfectly fine. It was yeah. slightly weird to work with, uh, being used to the other, the other material. It does have a slight bit more flexibility in it i don't that's think that's a bad not thing. necessarily bad yeah you don't you know a lot of the the little details in malifaux actually because the plastic is so brittle uh trying to glue on cables and things like that yeah. um and they just snapping in half and things like that so um you know i won't necessarily miss that have you had a look at the models and looked at the level of detail because one of the things we've gone mad about for malifaux and we, we kind of tell people if you want pretty models yeah malifaux is where to go i know you've sold Malifaux to friends of yours just based on that premise. Uh, just just on showing them some models, they've kind of gone, oh my god, I need some of these. Yeah. I've ordered them. Yeah. Yes. How do they look to you? Well, 
to be honest, um, they don't look too bad. They don't look quite the same. Um, I mean, I've been... Like one of the comparisons I've been making is between the Titans and the Emissaries. Okay. Because they're both quite big models. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Emissaries do look better. They're... For the size of them and everything else, I think they're, they're quite detailed. Like if you look at the giant... Uh, the Titan for the Gibbering Hordes. Yes. So it looks, it looks good. It looks like it's got lots of... Um, bumps and dips in the flesh and everything for muscles and things like that. I just don't know if it looks quite as detailed as I would expect from a Malifaux model. Yes, it looks to be a little less detailed. Um, looking, I was surprised by the quality of the individual foot troopers, actually. They look yep. to be very, very nice. Um, they look modern they looked detailed they looked like i would enjoy painting quite a few of those models okay um they look to have that level of detail in them um which was a surprise actually because when this was first mooted and discussed and released at sort of gen con you as weren't an idea impressed, were you? i was not impressed no um and i was actually quite down on the idea based on this idea of the pre-assembled models if they can get them to the same quality as aonis mm-hmm Aonis fits perfectly fine into my Malifaux forces and doesn't look out of place. No, no, not at all. Therefore, I will be perfectly happy um, with that. I'm also quite happy with the fact there seems to be a nice spread of different sculpts. One of the things that drives me mad about playing a big game, so anything bigger than just a skirmish game, is having to paint the same model over and over and over again. Yeah. I get bored. Um... I love the idea of having huge armies, but just that monotony of the exact same model again and again and again is is something that I don't like as a painter and as a as a hobbyist as a as a modeler as well, you know, sticking the same thing together. It becomes I don't want my hobby time to feel like factory sure. work, yeah, yeah, like a production line. And I know there's you're aiming towards that goal and that satisfaction. But at the same time, I, I want to enjoy the process as well. And there appears to be um, sort of a squad of nine. You'll have um, four or five different sculpts in there. So that's that seems fairly nice. Um, yeah, if you look at the... It, I mean, it all depends. If you look at the gibbering portals, I think there's six of them, but there's three sculpts. Yeah. But if you look at the... Um, Name's completely evaded me now, but uh, the other guys from the Burning Man group. Yes. Uh, there are nine models and nine different sculpts. Okay, cool. Um, again, looking on the main weird page for it, there's a, a picture there, actually, of a group of three people um, as yeah. a unit. And they look as detailed as I would expect Malifaux things to. Yes. Um, there's a guy that looks like he's doing that popular whatever it is that makes you look like a knob dabbing or something oh yeah he's having a bit of a dab but if you look at the detail on his metal augmented arm actually I'd be quite happy with that amount of yeah detail I mean, on these the, models, what you're looking so. at is the the 3d renders i i yes I kind of want to pick one up and lick it and play with it and, and see for myself but um the models i think actually they do look uh quite 
Nice. I've also grown to trust Weird and their 3D renders being accurate to what the models will look like as well. Yes. Um, they are not one of these companies that tend to put out stuff that ends up being rubbish. Yeah, they were originally. Things like the flames on the Death Marshals, uh, some of the models being sort of out of scale. Uh, but I think the only thing in recent times that has upset people on that sort of thing is uh, the size of Reva and her horse. But she's supposed to be little. Yes. She's not a full-grown woman. Yeah, so if, as long as she's on a pony, that's yeah. fine. If she's on a horse, then, oh God, it's it, it's all kinds of awkward. And I've seen people actually get upset to the point of rebuilding the model. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a, a girl on a pony is is fine yeah. uh, for me. Uh, but yeah, there were a few sort of tricky mistakes, especially trying to get things to fit on bases when you're getting the stuff from maybe 2012. God, yes. Yeah. Um, but less and less of that as time has gone on and they've got more comfortable. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. Um, and to be honest, I, I don't I don't really even... I'd like individual models to look quite nice, but as a scale thing nowadays, um, I think GW beat that out of me at an early age where you're supposed to be able to fit 10 Space Marines in a Rhino. Yeah, if you blend them up first. <laughs> Maybe. Mm, pouring in my Space Marine soup. <laughs> Yeah, um, it is the literally only way that they were ever fitting in there. Um, unless they've got some kind of giant bag of holding in the back of the rhino. Yes, yeah. But Maybe, maybe each of them has an extra dimensional portal inside. Well, I kind of hope so. Otherwise, it was stupid. Mm. There seems to be this thing with miniatures games. Yeah. Because they're miniatures games. Things are meant to be miniature. Yes. But... I remember it started, it seemed, with 40k, where I'm at 40,000. They started building it, building it, bringing in bigger and bigger things. Yeah, bigger tanks, then into Titans, then into flying stuff and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Warmer Hordes followed. They did. What are they called in Warmer Hordes, the big things? Uh, Colossals. Colossals, that's the one. Um, some of those are really pretty. Some, some, of, some them of them are fantastic. I like the, the multiple headed thing, which actually looks fairly similar to the Cult of the Burning Man one. Yeah, the, uh, to be honest, I like most of the colossals they brought out. Yeah. The level of detail they put on them is fantastic. But yeah. they're heavy. Yes. Yeah. Actually, being made out of this particular plastic, yeah, might be a benefit for the bigger models. Uh, because they're not going to fall apart. They'll probably weigh less than an old grey knight, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, whereas when you've got resin and, and maybe even some of the, the stuff with sort of metal pieces yeah. kicking about. Um, transport and keeping them nice and then chipping your paint is an absolute nightmare oh, so I think that's somewhere where actually Weird may have um, maybe an advantage over Warhammer. I think most of the, the Warhammer and Warhammer 40k stuff is all plastic um, actually new Warhammer stuff will be as well chatting to the guy at Dragon Meat the new yeah. Colossal is completely plastic oh okay I believe well then the, at least they've got their, their giant things in there to start with yeah um, there is yeah, it, def- doesn't, it doesn't feel like a money grab by putting in big expensive models. Yeah, it would feel maybe slightly odd not to have them now, maybe, because all your competitors are all doing the big stuff as well. Yeah, from that point of view, I think they've, they're standard in big battle games. Yeah. Um, from a ongoing thing point of view I can understand introducing them later but like you said I think at this point people they've become a norm in the wargaming scene yeah for better or worse 
Oh, not overly fussed by giant things. No, but it obviously has a massive appeal. Yeah. So if you like enormous gibbering monsters or big shiny robots, um, the other side can tick that mm. particular itch for you, uh, the same as maybe some of the, the competitors. Did you have a favourite model? What, from from all of it? From the new stuff, yeah. Um. Yeah, the, the cleric leader of the Burning Man. Adia Dartos. Yes. Yes, that is a nice model. I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like. Actually, <laughs> if we go back to playing D and D at any point, yes, to be him. I will be a cleric of the god of <clears throat> love and happiness. Doink. <laughs> Cough. Make a good, uh, good wizard. You would make a good lots of things actually. Um, I like the warped. Yes, the warped um, nice. for the Burning Man. Uh, the stalking portals are quite nice. They look very similar to the Gibbering Madnesses. Mm-hmm. Without, oh, sorry, the Insidious Madnesses. Gibbering mm-hmm. Madness is a thing from D&D. Yes. Um, the Insidious Madnesses, um, and they won't also, they're not like some kind of strange Rubik's Cube of confusion when you try to put them together. Yeah. Because they, they were weird. They were weird to put together. I nearly lost my mind. <laughs> Maybe that's an intentional job, thing. Yeah. I actually, I quite like the uh, I like the gibbering horde stuff I think they're quite pretty uh, oh, I like no. the, fi- the fishy things uh, and I like the insectoid things and I quite like the storm siren I know you're not keen no it's just it's just an aesthetic I'm not not fond of yeah the um, the king's empire looked like that they could just be some guild guards with yeah. slightly different hats and uh, generic bland humans yeah, slightly Western-looking guys with Guildguard-looking hats, actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the Abyssinia stuff, yeah, I think you're, you're definitely right. They're giving off that kind of slightly Eldari vibe with the helmets, which actually comes from Persia, I do believe. Yes, I think so. Um, so they've got... No, right, right part of the world, roughly, and, yeah, and that kind yeah. of thing. So drawing on maybe those sort of slightly different historical... Uh, Which thing. is, if, if that's the route they've gone down, then brilliant. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, as a faction, because obviously we've only seen very limited range of models from each one, they don't feel cohesive yet. Yeah. Um, and maybe that will come in time. Oh, I'd hope so. Maybe you're going to end up, mate, perhaps with... Um, a cult of the burning man army one where you can go with lots and lots of crazy messed up humans who've placed themselves mm-hmm. to the cult and are doing magic or weird creepy things that they've summoned and you could have sort of different styles of army within yeah. there uh, for instance what about the titans I don't really like any of them no personally no <laughs> The Abyssinia one looks like a walking teapot. It does actually look a little like bit it. like a teapot. It's got guns on it though. Yeah, but no. So more of a gun pot. Yeah, I don't yeah. really want the key point of my army to be a giant gun pot. Yeah, they are. They're going to be centerpieces. Yeah, aren't they, they are. They are going to be the things that you spend the most time painting. And I don't quite feel like any of these are centerpiece worthy at the moment. Yeah, I, I I quite like the Alpha Crawler for the Gibbering Hordes. The King's Hand for the, the Empire are fairly... It's, a, it's a, just a big robot. That's a giant steam golem. Yes, essentially. Yeah. Uh, might look they, they, they might look different 
on the table next oh, to definitely. the other thing. I mean, watching the video about how the game mechanics play, um, which obviously we'll get onto in a minute, um, made me appreciate them a lot more than just yeah. looking at the bare plastic. Yes. Um, but... Eh, none of them have inspired me to go fucking hell, I want one of them in my army. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there are things, like some of the Warmer Hordes Colossals, I look at and go, oh, that's that's a nice model. Yeah. The giant Kador one is beautiful. Yeah. Really nicely put together, really nice model um, for a faction I'd never want to play. Yes. Um, and I just I just don't have that feeling with any mm. of these. Yeah, I mean, the, as I said, the Alpha Court, it looks like a kind of Cthulhu beast. It needs to be. If it was more Cthulhu, Cthulhu less... <laughs> Giant fish man. Cthulhu is a giant fish man. Yeah, you bet he doesn't. He lives under the sea. It's like SpongeBob SquarePants of evil. If it was, but if you generally see him with some kind of ta- maybe tattered robes and the more uh, tentacly face. Yeah, it's got the tentacle face, wings. I suppose. Well, the wings and such like. Aren't yeah, they? I, I, I lack it, and I, I can see the way, influence. Could Cthulhu looks more demonic than he does aquatic. Whereas that mm. tends more to the aquatic end of the spectrum. Yeah, so I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite liking the aquatic. It's, no, a, bit, it's a bit different. It's not more. What do you think of the cult? Because you said you're, you're interested in the cult, the Burning Man. They, uh, what about the them, weird yes. dragon heads attached to balls of stuff? It's kind of like a. We've talked about rat kings in the past on the podcast, where their tails get wedged together and you end up with like a giant squirming mass of angry rats. Yes. Yes. The Burning Man Titan looks like. That, but with dragons instead of rats. Yeah, but not not the good dragons. No, I like the Chinesey long dragons yeah, rather than like um, a Western style dragon. dragon or a Game of Thrones style wyvern. Yes, uh, mm. stupid show. Yes. Um, Do you not know your mythology, but at all? I don't like that either. No. No. If I'm if I've got a giant big centerpiece, I want a giant big centerpiece, not a. Cluster of smaller things wedged together, looking like they've been tied together and yeah. left to roam around. Yeah, I'd say it's the the one model in the Burning Man stuff I'm not that keen on. No, uh, but this is all aesthetic taste, and, and oh, definitely, definitely, um, your mileage will vary. Um, I think you're right that there's they're not quite distinct enough, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Then again, that that as I said, that will uh, that will come in time. I'm I'm quite I'm quite impressed. I think for sixty dollars for the Titan, how much is a colossal for Warmer Hordes? The retail price, yeah, for a plastic Hordes gargantuan, as they're called in yeah. Hordes. Is a hundred and ten dollars. Okay, so they're half the price. They are half. So the maybe price. that should be something that we consider as well. Yeah, fair enough. In that in that particular comparison, um, because you no know, half the price, different material. Yeah. None of the building time. Um, no, no, this is true. And so- I, th- I think this idea of building time flows nicely into talking about the rules because mm-hmm. having. A miniatures game where you don't have to spend lots of time putting stuff together seems to be encouraging it more as a game than necessarily as a hobby experience. You can still yeah. paint them, but they've taken out that that building side of things. 
Well, painting, basing, or if you're Colin, carving them up and changing poses and stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you're massively into building and converting your models, then this this will be a heretical abomination and will make you deeply sick into the very core of your being. Oh, will it, or will it just be a, another opportunity? I don't know, because there's, there's no pieces no. To, to play around with and, no. and swap and move about. Um, and I know that... There's been quite a lot of popularity with the the Malifaux, the fated box sets for Through the Breach. Yes. Which were originally designed to make your player characters in the roleplay game, but actually for converting and changing models about people have uh, taken to. Because Malifaux doesn't offer you the same number of spare bits and bobs that say GW Plastic. No, you don't get that range of customizability because you don't have ten of the same model in yeah. slightly different poses. Yeah. So. so it's moving further away, possibly. Yeah, so um, with that, maybe that caveat in mind of, of is, is this being pitched more as a game? Is it being made more accessible? Because one of the things I think Weird has, has heard time and time again is the models are so pretty, but by God, they're hard to put together. We've said the same thing. Oh, yeah. A lot. So the system, there is a really nice video on the Kickstarter itself, about half an hour long, taking you through a... Short game, or a couple turns. Couple of turns, yeah. Of a game showing you how the system works. Now, my first thought was, is that it's very similar to Malifaux. Mm. You flip cards rather than rolling dice. Yep. Uh, if I attack your model, you get to flip for defence, and I get to flip to hit you. So it's still got that opposed dual you don't system. Sit there going, oh, my stuff is dying. Not yep. as the guy on the video said, duels. Duels. Did he? He was saying oh. duels. It. It. it, it, it I had to watch it in two halves because I, I needed to go away and calm down. Because um, <laughs> uh, it's a duel. Mm. But, oh, and it has the, I activate a unit rather than a model this time, mm. then you activate a unit and we go back and forth. Yes. But there are quite a few little subtle differences. There are less stats per unit. Mm-hmm. There are still triggers and such like. But you can have multiple triggers by the looks yes, of it. Yes, you can. Which you normally can't do unless you are special in Malifaux. Mm. And the system whereby if I beat you by X amount, I'll get additional damage. For instance, when I'm shoot, hit, uh, hitting, I've hit you, yeah. I've beaten your total by nine, therefore I get a different kind of flip. Yeah. Actually, there's a similar system that you pick from a selection of effects like increasing uh, the power and damage of the weapons and that kind of thing. Yeah, there are. there's two types of trigger. Um, there is the, the typical suit triggers that you get in Malifaux. Yeah. There is also the margin triggers. And the margins are, like you said, very similar to if you beat them by X number, you get an additional flip. Instead mm. of the additional flip, you can then you can trigger a, a trigger. Um, so... The one that apparently everything in the game has is uh, doing adding one strength to the weapon. Something else that happens that doesn't happen in Malifaux is um, the armour, making a penetration flip instead of a damage flip. Yeah. Um, again, which the margin increasing, beating them by a higher margin to increase your strength then increases your chance of success on that flip rather than giving you extra cards. And instead of flipping for damage, you flip to get through armour. Yep. Uh, it's still an unopposed flip, so it's just me going, I've hit you. We yes. had an opposed flip, then I'll go to see through the damage. 
and it's the amount that you everything seems to do one point of damage yep. unless you get beat by six or beat by ten is it or five? Five, five, five ten. If, uh, um, I thought it was the same as Malifaux. No, which is, it's instances oh, of five. Oh god! Uh, I prefer that because it's it's every five. If you beat them by five, you add one damage. If yeah. you beat them by ten, you add two damage. I've got I've got used to to Malifaux now, but yeah. I'm sure it'll be it'll be fine. But yeah, you can do multiple bits of damage. Everything appears to have one wound. Yes, everything so, does have one wound. And this every is, ma, every model has one yeah, wound. Yeah, and this is the the interesting thing I think is that you won't be moving nine models in a unit you'll be moving three larger bases each with three models on yes it seems like each of those bases then gets to make an, an action so if yes. you shoot so say you've got three bases of three riflemen they will you shoot move at some, they'll all move together and then you get to shoot three times yes yeah um so it looks again like it's trying to speed things up Yep, very um, much so. And to simplify the process by which you play a bigger game. Yeah, I, it's one of the things that reading through stuff they they have said it's a it's a faster system. For to be honest, I was going, I was going to go, ah, but games still take two hours. That's still much quicker than any time we've ever played a game of Malifaux. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. I quite like the look of the system. There's there's a couple of quite well, I say a couple, quite a few things I noted from the video, in things that had changed, things that I really like, and things that I'm maybe not as keen on. I suppose we're going to assume that people listening to this are fairly familiar with Malifaux, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, probably and if, other miniature games. Yeah, I mean the explanation I just gave, where you've got those those opposed flips yeah. for most of what you do, it seems to be the same. Yes, uh, and is a fairly simple idea um, to get your your head round. Uh, what what then struck you as being the interesting or not so interesting differences? Five turns. I like it. it just uh, according to what they've said so far that I've I've seen, yeah. it is a five turn game. Okay, which I quite like. Your success is based on you achie- achieving your missions. Again, just like in Malifaux. Yeah, I like that system. It seems like the different factions will have a different set of objectives to achieve each. Which, again, actually, if that's what they've done, really like that. Yes. Because it makes it feel a little bit more... Makes it harder to balance. Oh, very much so. Because you've got a balance, and otherwise you just end up with the same deck with different names, or you end up mm-hmm. with the potential for one side to be easier or harder yeah. than the other. But I think it's a good idea to add that variety. One of the things we struggled with, I think, with Malifaux to start with was the fact that you could have so many different combinations of strategies and schemes and it really changes each game and actually that's one of the things that's kept me playing the uh yeah it's it's nowhere near as uh monotonous as a 40k game where you are playing shoot the big things over and over again. Yeah. It's all you play in 40k. Yeah. Or warmer hordes where you go, I'm going to kill their leader because then I win. Uh, yeah, as a as a alternate objective. Um, Which seemed to be, I think, 95% of my games ended that way. It did become a massive... It, well, it is a massive thing. Um, yeah. On, there, there is a, to a point I like it because it's how the games decides how the, it works with the story yeah. and everything else. But it's not the most thrilling mechanic. No, no. Um, Stratagems and event, which basically seem to be event cards. These they've not given much information on, uh, but sound very interesting. Yeah. Um, 
seems to be one-off cards you can play to do an effect during your game. Yes. Uh, and depending on the form they take, that could be a fantastic bonus. Yes. I assume you'll pay for them. That's part of your soulstone cost or script cost in this case. Yeah. Uh, I like that they've gotten away with the ne- gone away with the negative morale. There's none of this. Oh, I shoot this many of your unit and they run away. Yeah. There are shaken tokens. There's a variety of tokens yeah, yeah. and things that can... Because um, morale is a big thing. It is. But you but don't I find want... it really detracts from war games. Yes. Because, oh, there's that chance that my unit might just run away. Yeah. Getting rid of that and replacing it with glory. Yeah. Very interesting mechanic. So when they have achieved certain things on the battlefield, they get to upgrade um, and flip over to their glory side. Um which I think is pushing it pushes it to be more of an aggressive game yes yeah because um, you want to achieve those things it yeah. depends what those things are the example from the video was wiping out a fire team which is one of these larger bases of three yeah it was also the name for all units as well by the sounds of it as well so you could trigger your fire team killing ability by murdering a titan or a character as well Yes, a fire team yeah. is a base of models. Yes. Whether it's one or more. So if he manages to wipe one out, whether he has he's killed all three things on it or just picked off the last guy, mm-hmm. um, he then flips over to his glory side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It reminds me slightly of having like a feat or something similar. Yeah. You get better, but you have to achieve it. So you it, unlock it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, it takes a bit of thought. And there could be some nice layers of strategy to that. Getting Setting to know, those up. Or definitely. knowing what your opponents are and trying to stop them. Denying things, yeah. yeah. yeah Denying them their glory. Yes. Pushing their glory down into a hole where they can't reach it. Um, that was a glory oh. hole joke. <sighs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Mother. <laughs> Father. And the Pope. Now, that leads on quite nice, actually. We, you, you mentioned fire teams being a base. Yeah. Um, so, of one or more models. And I think we mentioned this earlier that all models in this game appear to have one wound. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I do, because it means you don't have to track wounds. Yeah, no, no dotting cards or flipping dice or, or any of that rubbish. Yeah. But at the same time, your Titan has one wound. Yeah. It will have, presumably, either a high defence, or it might be really easy to hit, uh, but it might have a really high armour. Potentially. Um, now, like if you look at the Storm Siren, she can shunt wounds off onto nearby bases. Yes. So they, they will have defence mechanisms built in. That seemed to be a commander thing. Quite possibly. Yeah. Um, but she went, yeah, you shot me now, you shot, you shot. And Jeff jumped in the way. Jeff the Kirkenoy fish monster. Yeah. He's dead now. He will so, be forgotten. So that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, I know there are assets as well. So you will get people that have, uh, like the Titans, um, the King's Army one that has its giant Gatling gun is an asset. And it can so instead of taking a point of damage, you can have that become damaged and stop working. So you flip it over. Yeah, it's saved so, in a. Ra- you're buying hit points essentially. Yeah, rather than it being destroyed, you've blown its arm off. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, which is that's going to be an interesting thing to balance. Yeah, because if these are meant to be the big centerpieces of your army, you don't want the other player's sniper to kill it in turn one. Yeah, which uh, could happen potentially. Yeah. One bad flip. Yes, you especially if we're considering. They talked about the red joker. There's going to be a black. Yeah, it wasn't mentioned whether that will work the same as it does in Malifaux, but I'm going to the assume red, the it red will. one does. So I'm assuming the black one. It probably won't be an automatic yeah. fail, but it With, will count as zero. Yeah, it's a zero that you cannot cheat. So you yeah. can't go. Oh well, I've got defense twelve, and you're shooting me with three. I'll just put in a moderate size card because I'm a big stompy monster. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if the, that's it, I mean, if you think turn one, someone gets a lucky shot and hits the red joker, mm. you flip the black joker. They've got a decent yeah. amount of difference. And then they flip a good card for their penetration check. Or they've got one in hand. Exactly. Yeah. I think hand management might be more important than ever with keeping the right cards for the more important Oh yes. Models and treating maybe your troops as disposable. Yeah. Um Which I mean I, I think we we again when we first started playing Malifaux we struggled with because we were just cheating everything straight away and then getting halfway through a turn and going, I've got no cards left. Yeah. The, now my master's dead. I did like the idea of you getting these tokens at the beginning that you can spend on cards. Yeah, you can draw extra cards um, or give other abilities. Um by the looks of them they were a big thing for your objectives and your yes, missions. Yeah. So having that extra card to throw in might be a really good thing to save your titan, but you might yeah. not be able to complete a certain mission objective if you do so. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, I'd, I'd be hoping to have a couple of high cards in hand at all time to protect my big models. Yes, I think it's going to be cheating's going to become a lot more defensive. Yeah, um, and the other reason I think that is because they're changing the way that cheating works. Yes. This was quite interesting because I, I actually rewound the video mm-hmm. to watch that bit again. Yeah, same. Yeah, because in Malifaux, if I'm flipping to shoot you, Joe, yep. um, I will flip and add my shoot. You'll flip and add your defence. Yep. Say I've beaten you, mm-hmm. um, you would get to go first. Yes. So the, the loser, loser goes first, and it's almost like a bid, isn't it? I've bid... You, you've got a 15, well, I'll bid a 16, knowing that I'm not being hit. Yeah. And then it goes back to them, and they have one chance to go yes. over it. It's not that way in this. No, in this, you get a chance. Um, so from the example we saw, um, one person shot the other. Now, the attacking person was winning the duel, but as the attacking player, they get to cheat first. And this is why I think defensive cheating is going to be a big thing. Um because that's a horrible position to be in as the attacker to be winning a duel and thinking do I cheat? Yeah. Do I not? I'm winning but they can just beat it. Yeah. Yeah they can just cheat it can't they? Yeah. And you're then going are they going to? Do I need to put mine up? But if I put it to the point where they can't then they're not I'm but they might not be able car. to beat it anyway. Yeah, yeah, and it becomes... The momentum will feel very different. Yes. When you are acting, you are acting and you are going first. And I think part of the reason for this is the the fragility and the brittleness of the models and, yes. the, and the units in the game. It uh, gives the defender a chance. They always know what they need to get when they cheat to defend. Yes. So, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right there. It means that... For something that's being said to be very quick, you're actually putting a lot of defensive ideas into defensiveness yeah. rather than 
aggression. Yeah. Then again, being aggressive and going, right, oh, I'm going to slap this 13 down, even though I'm already beating you by five, I'm going to slap this down. You'll still get a reward if they choose not to cheat because you're going to, the thresholds will go up. But you would only want, see, again, straight away, I've gone into mechanics mode and yeah. said, okay, well, I'm not going to cheat on the attack unless I'm going to increase the amount I'm beating them by by five. Yes, yeah. Uh, or into a new bracket of five. Yeah. Because it then pushes them into having to make that choice. And that, and I suppose that's the... It's, it's margin management becomes yeah. a big thing in the other side. I suppose it does give you a use... I don't know if they're going to do anything else with the cards, but say you you flipped a two, mm-hmm. and they flipped really low, and you've got a four in your hand. A low card is pretty shit in Malifaux. Yeah. There are actually quite a lot of things that have come in, especially recently, that let yes. you do stuff with other cards. You trade them off for extra shots... Um, you swap them about, you do all sorts of things. Going, I'm still beating you by a little bit. I've got this crappy cup. Let's just pop it up by a couple because they might not. It might force them to use a higher card. They, they, they might, might not have, have a high a, enough card. A four that would have beaten you before, but their next card is an eight to beat you now. Yes. So you push them into using that bad card. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, there's, maybe there's there's that element to it. I think it'll be interesting to play. I think it will feel different. Very different. And, I don't think that's necessarily bad. Yeah, that that cheating fate and that kind of that pushing your luck almost aspect of the game and and what you spend where is my favourite thing about Malifaux as a game. Yeah, and that's that's taken quite a big change. It has, but I think I think it's a necessary change because it does slow the game down. Yes, yeah, because there's so many more variables to consider. Yeah. Um, I, the other thing I wanted to mention. And this is, I think, I believe, if I understood this correctly, I apologise if I didn't, um, you can discard a card from your hand, and this is where I think low cards are useful, Yeah, again, to yeah. pass your turn. Yes. Now, so I can go, oh, I've got one guy left, you've got two. I'll pass my turn, because I'm going to save my big guy, yeah. to hopefully murder one of those two when they walk forward a little bit you can do the same thing and end the turn yeah so you deny both that to me makes up for the changes in the cheating yeah because that's a fantastic mind game to start playing with people. yes i remember we got quite excited when we read through and talked about nelly cochran before mm. uh, she has an upgrade called misinformation um when this crew has the opportunity to activate a model, may discard a card or lower its evidence condition to pass rather than activate a model. Now, that's um, quite cool. Yeah. But it doesn't have it that. It has no counterplay. No, no. Like, it's a like counterplay. Yes. But I think we, we saw that in. I think maybe the, they've seen this in their playtesting mm. or they've seen this as a good idea and brought it in. Because uh, my mind was full of. You know, the, again, the mind game is just in Malifaux for that. So, yeah, that could be a really interesting mechanic. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think mastering it is mm. going to be key. Well, waiting, wait until they've got no cards, for instance. To force them to not be able to do it. So they yes, can't do it. So there's, yeah, so there's a look watching your opponent's hand as I mean, well. Although that's quite low level, because there's so much to take into consideration. Because mm. you sit there and you go, okay, cool. This isn't a game that goes on until we've won, like War Machine would be. Yeah, it goes on until five turns, and then it's yeah. done. So 
you're sacrificing a fifth of that model's value this game by not activating it. Well, it doesn't. You've not passed the activation for that. You've just passed your activation for the turn. Yes, but if they do the same thing, then the turn ends. Yeah, anything you've got left. Yeah. So if you've kept your big Titan and they've got one little model, yeah, you'll make that trade every time. Yeah. You lose out on you know you can yeah. even just look at it from a points point point of view. You want to have your big things act last so they can deal with them, have the most impact yeah. in the turn, unless they're going to die and you want to get them out of the way quickly. But Leaving them late might mean that, especially yeah. if you want to pass and try and get some of that action um, sort of yeah. back, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, if there's models with defensive triggers or yeah. abilities when they get hit and, and damaged and they might do things, you yeah. might be wanting them to actually attack you. Before you might you be, if you're yeah, defending yeah. a position and you're waiting for them to attack and they're not quite in range yet, force them to move first, you know they're going to have to move they need mm. to take this position I'll pass my go they're going to have to move forwards but yeah. then you could call someone's bluff this is it it very much feels like it's something you can only safely do when you're in the lead yeah if you're already on the, say a control point that you're trying to hold yes yeah I'll pass I'll get rid of that, that low card cool your turn because they go oh, I've got to come at you yeah whereas if you're going, no, no, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to pass any way up to three quarters into your model's activations that turn. Yeah. If I'm winning and I'm in a controlling board State. position, yeah. yeah, I'm going to be going, yeah, cool, turn ends. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I really like that mechanic. And yeah. the more I think about it, the more there are very very interesting ways in which that can impact a game and the flow of it all yeah so looking forward to the system joe looking forward to having a go at the system you're our rules guy rules bastard i am yeah i'm looking forward to the system um the system seems very interesting it seems like it's something that having played malifaux is malifaux light in a way mm. um because even on your big characters, you don't have that many abilities. Yeah. So being able to pick it up and just play will be nice. Um, yeah. I kind of miss big scale games because there's more for me to analyse and think about. Yeah. Um, although in Malifaux, I get the the depth of analysis because of the yeah uh, the amount of variables per, per yeah. model. Um, but it, it will be it will be interesting. Uh, yeah, system-wise, definitely. Yeah, it looks good. I was slightly not annoyed. It's just maybe me being whingy, maybe an entitled whatever the hell I am, millennial, whatever it might be. It's played on a six by four board. Yeah, which is the standard for big scale games. Yes, but I've got two really nice three by three boards that we've put together to play Malifaux on, and I'd really like to just push the two together. I would have liked. <laughs> it. I had this same thought. I would have liked. I'm glad it. it's not just me because no, no. I went. I'd have liked them to have tried to expand on what's already there. So again, if you've if you've made three by three boards, have it six by three. Yeah. But you've pretty much lost deployment zones at that point. Yeah. Um I do think they've missed a trick there. Yeah. It would have been would have been nicer. I suppose you've got to change all the movement distances, the shooting distances. Which then and... but then you're only impacting the um the crossboard play uh, the, uh, directly at your opponent as opposed to going sideways. Yeah. There's a massive sideways thing. So 
you want you to might need... get across the board quickly rather than just running straight at your opponent. Yeah. So you need it to you need models to be fast, and so they might it might be a case that in playtesting they found they had to push it out a little bit more. Yeah, and just it's from the scale because otherwise you're going to be charging people yeah. turn one and a half. Yeah, well it looked night, as you? well the, the the sample video had a lot less terrain than a game of Malifaux would. There was like oh, yes. two forests and a bridge, yeah. and a bit of a river. Standard war game. Fair. Yeah, because you've got big units, big models, and these big sort of eighty mil to hundred mil bases. Shoving them the... through a forest would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be able to get them on. That they wouldn't work on a, one of our standard Malifaux boards that's choked with terrain. No, not so. Um, yeah, again, it would. It's probably a thing of the scale, but it was. It was just a little thing that I went. Oh, I'm going to need a different board if I get into this. Yeah. Um, what about what do we think then value for money wise because we've talked about the setting mm-hmm. we've talked about the models we've talked about the rules themselves um, so we'll talk about the kickstarter I guess. yeah the kickstarter itself so and this is i think this is going to be something that will vary based on where you are we are we are british as we mentioned earlier yes um and recently uh, world events have conspired to make the pound worth fuck all. It's not world events. Our country's full of knobs. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get put, hashtag political. Um, yeah. Our, our our economy is is broken at the moment, um, and so we went from very re- in the very recent past getting a dollar and sixty cents to the pound to now getting a dollar and nineteen. Yay. which has essentially added 25% onto the cost of anything bought from America mm-hmm. or anything that's done in dollars. And this has stopped me from participating in the last two uh, weird sales, uh, Black Friday and Gen Con. I yep. didn't bother because I couldn't afford it because it added so much more money. Um and also, if you get caught for the tax, the tax has gone up. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they tax the pound value, and the pound value is high. So it was to getting... be honest, I, I hate the fact that that's a random chance. Yeah, whether they check or not. Yeah. I've had I've had a package come through up fine, and one that got caught for like thirty five pounds worth of tax. But it once. makes it unworthwhile doing that. It's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. yeah, there were things I wanted. There were things I wanted this time, but the gamble was too big. Yeah, we're looking at ninety nine dollars, so about eighty pounds for. An allegiance box, which is a commander and three, three units. units. Yeah. And a copy of the rule book. Now, one thing I do like is they've unlocked the stretch goal to have the rule book be a hardback. Yeah. I'm really disappointed that there's not a hardback version of Malifaux 2.0 because my version of Malifaux is the one that our group got yeah. first. It's the one we used for all those games when people were umming and ahhing and not knowing what they were doing. It got so much heavy use, it's fallen to pieces. Yeah. Uh, so I like the idea of a nice hardback rule. Definitely. Back. Now the allegiance boxes as well, where you get your commander and your three units. Oh, you get other stuff as um, well. They come with a set of tactics tokens. Yep. A fate deck, bases, stat cards, and a measuring tape. Okay, this is weird. We can assume that the measuring tape is awful, like the one from the um, <laughs> the Malifaux start set. Yes. This is the, the worst, most useless tape measure I've ever used in a game. Yeah. Tactics tokens, cool. Yep. Fake deck, cool. Yes, definitely. Uh, stat cards. Yeah, you need those. Yeah. Bases. Yeah. Yeah, if they weren't included, I'd be pissed off. Yes, you would. Um, 
seems very strange to mention them. Well, I suppose they're assuming oh, they're covering all the base, <laughs> bases. Um, they're just covering all eventualities in case someone goes, you don't say that the bases are in there. Do I need to buy the cards separately? That kind of thing. So that You makes... don't reply to those people. They don't deserve yeah. to play Malifaux. Um, yeah, you can't have nice things. Um, but then again, I suppose, are they aiming this at us or are they trying to get a wider audience? I think this will appeal to a wider audience than Malifaux will because war games are more popular than skirmish games. games. But I think that will only happen once it hits the retail level. I think for initial funding, you're hoping that your Malifaux players will buy in, knowing the world, being interested, being the people that you can contact by email and on Twitter and on the forums who are involved. At which point, piss off telling me that bases and sack cards (laughs) come in I know. Um, Again, if they didn't... I'd be writing an angry email. Yeah, so what have we got? £80, we've got uh, 28 miniatures, approximately. Yes, uh, exactly for all of them, I believe. Apart from... Apart from the... Burning Cult, because the stalking portals are massive. 25 miniatures. Yes, but the portals are big, so that's fine. Not a problem. Yeah. Don't mind that. Actually, the the Karkinoi are huge. (laughs) And you get nine of them. Uh, yeah, they're. Um, do we think that that's good value? So for us, eighty pound, getting your hardback book, and everything you need to start playing. Yeah, that, that's a, a a stomachable price point, I would argue. Yeah. If I had to pay tax on top of that for importing it, no. But yeah. at the point it's at, it seems okay. It's mm, mm, mm. now. <laughs> it's okay for what you get. Yeah. The thing that bothers me that I was a little bit concerned by listening to the uh, how to play video. Yeah. The standard game will include two commanders. There is one commander in the box. Well, there is one get. commander for yeah. each faction. Um, it has recently been added as a stretch goal. Um, a second commander. Uh, two bonus commanders per faction box. So I'm just looking at the um, the RRP actually because we were talking about the yeah, Titans. Yeah. The RRP on the Titan is actually ninety quid, uh, ninety dollars. Yeah. So it's it's sixty if you buy it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a standard Kickstarter tactic, isn't it? Knock some money off. Well, definitely. Um, which is kind of fine. Um, yeah, they were talking about adding in it's in the comments and I don't think it's been updated onto the page but having extra commanders available that you get in the, you get with your pledge at this point and then they'll be available to buy later on but yeah you're right yeah. at the moment as it stands you're not going to be able to play a full game no what they consider a full game you'll be able to play a small game so you you'll be able to play a small game at um kickstarter level and kickstarter prices yeah but you are then going to need to invest in more later on yes there is an additional unit you can buy for each. Yeah, they were group. they were goals, I do believe. Yes, they were, and you can add additional titans on for seventy five dollars. Yes, presumably then meaning that you can have more than one titan in a game. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, just thinking, what your hundred dollars would buy you in um, Malifaux terms. Oh God. Uh, you'd be four gangs in a rule book. No, <laughs> no. The you're looking at forty to forty five dollars 
for a, a box okay with a master and then your rule book so maybe you're looking at 12 to 16 models plus the rule book yeah so you're getting twice as much models yeah and a hardback rule book for the money yeah um so it's definitely the kind of thing it's got me thinking if i want to get involved in this it'd be a nice way to save some money because everything's cheaper yeah um and yes the models are maybe not going to be quite as nice as malifaux ones but i'm not going to have to stick them together and they cost half the price each yes that that kind of makes sense in my mind what has bugged me about this and it'll be interesting to see what you uh, what you think is it's december Mm-hmm. Every December, we have a festival of money spending known as Christmas. So I don't know if I can afford to back this right now. Yep. I did some research about Kickstarters um, and the percentages that fail and the percentages that succeed based mm-hmm. on different months. Did a little bit of Googling, a little bit of searching around. Um, and actually, December... November as well, if you're considering sort of Thanksgiving in America, January still being poor from Christmas Mm -hmm. and such like. Um, They don't have a significantly lower level of success or failure. What they do have is a significantly lower instance of Kickstarters actually taking place at all. In December, they drop through the floor. You're looking at... people don't bother. Yeah, you're looking at about an eighth of what you'd get in July, for instance. Um, Consider a July one, though. A July one is twice as likely to fail because there's so many on the market i don't i'm not i'm not sure i'm my initial thing was fuck off why isn't this on in february yeah if this is in february i'd have i could chunk down 100 pounds 150 pounds getting myself a little start a bit in a rule book and a titan because why not because it'll be cheap mm-hmm. uh, for the 160 dollar thing um for me that is doable it's not doable at the moment yeah I'm hoping that there'll be a backer kit where I can pledge late. But at the moment, this is... I'm, I'm interested enough. I would like to play it. I like enough of the models for the Gibbering Hordes and the Cult that mm-hmm. I would quite happily buy them. If the game turns out to be rubbish, I can use the Portals as Insidious Madnesses. I can use the Fish People as Silurids. Um, I can use different things for Malifaux and paint them and they're nice looking models and they seem fine yeah but it's it, it's it's for me it's the wrong time of the year to do this i would agree and i do have a history of backing kickstarters yeah i have backed um you can go and you can look at some of our unboxings we've done for kickstarters i've mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've backed um i'm awaiting dark souls the board game as it stands which stung me in the backside for double postage cheeky um but I'm just not sure on this because of the yeah. timing, not because of the game. I know we've kind of picked it apart and been fairly critical, but there's enough. It's kind of just what we do. Yeah, there's enough in there for me definitely to be interested. Yeah, we're being critical. It's in the name, isn't it? Mm. Um, there's enough in there to, to interest me and to give it a go. And I trust Weird. I trust their track record. They have kickstarted successfully before. Yeah. Um, and they make good stuff. They do. They I'm do. happy with the stuff they've made. The stuff I bought from them, I'm happy with. Therefore, I'm happy. I, I keep saying happy, but I'm willing to commit to a Kickstarter because you are an investor and you are being an early adopter of something new. It might fall flat. It's already been successfully funded, so you're definitely going to get your stuff, but there's always risks in, in this investment. 
Yeah. Now, I would like to encourage them to to branch out because if this is successful, you're right. War games rather than skirmish games have a much bigger audience. Mm-hmm. It will help weird who are a company who make things I like be able to make more things that I like. Yes. Like you say, I am slightly concerned with a few things in it and the timing isn't good. Like you said, February, perfect. Yeah. Student loans come in. Yes, yeah. I'd have quite happily gone... They need to structure their things around your financial year. Obviously. But no, I, I would have been happy to to drop money on and, and argue between us over who gets what faction, etc. Yeah, definitely. But as it stands, like you say, unless there's a late thing, I, I can't afford it with the timing. Um, yeah, it becomes tricky, doesn't it? I went to the it? cinema the other day and it bankrupted me, so... Yeah, it's that time of year where, you know, every... There's there's so many demands on your money, isn't yeah. there? That's yeah. the that's the thing. Um, and I don't know, I'm just not... I'm not sure I can support this at this moment in time. But I think, is that purely financial? Yes, yeah, as I I I said, I'm... I think both of us would, if we could. Yeah, I would quite happily, if I bought that, the box, as I said, say the Burning Man box or the Gibbering Horde box, I could do stuff with it if if the game wasn't maybe to my taste overall. Mm -hmm. Um, It's enough money to have a punt on, I think. It looks interesting enough. So yeah, so obviously you you at home will need to make your own decisions about this. We will put the link to the Kickstarter below. Yeah. Um, if we've embedded this video anywhere, which I do quite a lot, I just sort of sneak in like a ninja and hide these things around. Um, then just follow it over to YouTube or to SoundCloud, and you'll be be able to find the thing. Or just Google the other side Kickstarter if you don't want to bother with us. Yeah. Um, there's um, just just for anyone that does is is kind of going oh, yeah I might click on it at some point the the videos they've done up for it are nice yeah go and give them a watch yes um, I was much more convinced after watching the videos and seeing the care they put into yes. them and seeing things in action and I could picture it much more yeah. clearly in my head and seeing the models in the videos as well they look much nicer oh, than definitely, the definitely than no, the I, I did have a moment of going well if you're not even going to bloody bother when they did cheating differently yeah. my head went you've done it wrong you idiots yeah <laughs> uh, no it's just, just they've changed it for this game yeah. or if they've done it wrong and they did <laughs> it wrong in the video let us know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us, tell us. I'd, I'd be concerned. But as yeah. it stands, no, they've. I think they've done a very, very good job of the videos and promoting this. Yeah. And it looks like it could actually be a very good success if this works. Yeah. You've, um, you've got until the twenty-first of January yeah. uh, to back. If it was the second of February, I could uh-huh. pay it out my February, out my January to pay, and it'd be fine. Yeah. But it's that it's it's a month because you get I get paid earlier for Christmas. A lot of people do, yeah, yeah. Um, so that will be probably the poorest I am all year at that particular point in January because it's the longest yeah, it is. from one payday to the next. Yeah, and well, same for me as a student. It's the longest point between student loans. Yeah, is, that, is January. Um, yeah, an, an, an extra like you say, an extra extra ten days. Yeah. And we'd love to hear what you think. Go and have a look at the um, have a look at the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've already backed, and yeah. you've got ten brilliant reasons that we didn't think of why you have backed. Maybe you're definitely not going to back, and you're going, "Don't do it! No, stop it!" Uh, please let us know in the comments. 
Yeah, if you have backed, let us know who, what faction you've backed as well. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting, especially if you're local. Mm. Because we might be able to get together and play some games and make sure we've got different factions. Smush Titans into each yes. other. Ah, bomb, bomb. Look at them being slightly bendy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or if the idea of commenting wherever you are isn't good, you can always contact us on Twitter or on Facebook. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our ramblings uh, about the uh, the other side. I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Joe Lewin. We've been most of the critical twits. Half, half of the, the critical twits. We've been the criticals. Yeah, we're the crit. I think the others are the twits. I think that's accurate. I tried to be funny, but as my intro that you may or may not have kept <laughs> indicates, I wasn't funny at all. You just looked sad. I have a very different take on your humour than most other people. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Tough crowd. I, Tough I, crowd. Yeah, I, I don't enjoy your love of puns. So, until next time, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Cat, you're making it rubbish. <laughs>